Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. Good evening. Hello, everybody. Hey, Jen. Hey, Noam. It's Wednesday night. No, or Thursday not. night. Yes, it's Thursday night. <laughs> I'm on vacation. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I'm certainly all crossed out if I don't remember what day it is. <laughs> da, 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 da. I didn't know what music to play, so I just picked something I like. Da, 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 da. Anyway, we're here on Twitter Spaces mm. to announce. See, he should have just did it on Colin because Colin doesn't crash. Who runs that again? Oh, yeah, David Sachs. Mm. Who was also <laughs> present at last night's Ron DeSantis. Well, apparently, David funny Sachs. enough, we want to talk about Colin founder David Sachs. Apparently, the problem got solved. Because uh, Elon was hosting the thing. Right. The second that they like switched it up so that like Sachs was the host, like the problem fixed itself. I don't know, it was like maybe Elon was like using some old phone. I don't know. This is, it was like the problem was with, uh. with his phone or whatever it was that he was using. And the second they switched it to Sachs, everything went okay, I guess. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't think I was going to have a ton to say about this even before it happened. And that's going to be my main takeaway right now is that I really think that it ultimately who cares? <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. We, yeah, the, we certainly will. The, the, the world of running for president is a very harsh and cruel and unforgiving one mm -hmm. where minor slip ups become absolute lore that kill your campaign. That's true. Howard Dean, mm -hmm. probably the example that you are thinking of. Also, uh, Jeb, please clap Bush. That's, I mean, sure. But I, but, but the, I think the Dean example is more prescient because mm -hmm. at the time of his uh, shriek, he was like doing really well. Like right. he was like really doing well. Uh, and now he is a total Twitter shit posty crazy person. Like for real. Like he really is like an insane yelling oh, man. All because of one misplaced. Yeah. Well, but that's the weird thing. The weird thing is like, I don't know. Is it that he became, cause like I have this theory that on some level, like people who face like national scrutiny being accused of being a thing kind of almost mutate into that thing like i sincerely think that like george zimmerman became much much more the thing that people said he was than he was perhaps before and so like is that what happens is that is that the thing that you say say about you you ultimately like kind of you're almost subconsciously lean, lean into so howard dean was like oh they think i'm the crazy yelling guy i'll show them crazy yelling guy <laughs> So, yes, if you missed it last night, Ron DeSantis made his official 2024 presidential announcement, which I would like slight credit for because I said he would do it by mid-May at the latest, and he beat me by a couple of days. Yeah. So 
Um, but also, mm-hmm. I, but, and another thing, you know, the whole thing about it, he's launch, he's launching his campaign on spaces. Like it, it ended up being less that than I thought, because like at the exact same time, they tweeted out a one, a, you know, like a standard campaign announcement right. video. And then he then went on other shows and stuff like that. It was like, that was just the first, they've got first dibs, See, I this guess. Is, this is what's, I, and this is the thing I don't understand. So anyway, he announced officially for the first time with his mouth last night on Twitter spaces <laughs> in a, a space that like Noah mentioned was hosted by Elon Musk and David Sachs. And they brought on a, a litany of people to kiss everybody's ass. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the first thing that happened is that spaces basically crashed like the, the room, I guess I, I don't know, space room. What the hell do they call it? Whatever. That's like the space, it, I guess yeah, yeah. It, it crashed mm-hmm. for about 20 minutes. And so everybody was just kind of sitting around like, okay, is this happening? Is this not happening? Like people were just talking like mad shit in other Twitter spaces. And so eventually like things kind of got back on track yeah. and Ron DeSantis gave his, his campaign speech, which this is a, another thing I, I want to talk about. Linda Yaccarino got on Twitter and said, oh, this is so historic that a, a, a presidential candidate had this unscripted live conversation with people. I'm like, okay, first off, that was not unscripted. Uh-huh. And, and the only thing unscripted about that is like the shit crash. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, and I don't fault the CEO of Twitter for being like, look what we're doing. We're groundbreaking and amazing. Yeah, so, but. so here's, here's again. So my take, cause, uh, cause the DeSantis campaign kind of cleverly leaned into this and said like, yesterday we broke Twitter tomorrow. We'll break Washington or whatever. Cause it, it, so, okay. So here's my take. My take is this, that I'm trying to like, uh, superimpose what happened onto a more traditional scenario and try to see how that would paint my opinion of someone. For example, let's say someone was going to announce at a rally, right? And right before they went live, there was some kind of catastrophic failure with the audio system. They had to go rewire the board or something like that. And the thing got delayed 20 minutes. Is that embarrassing? Absolutely. Right. And the politician has to be fucking furious. I know I've seen I've seen in previous jobs of mine, major politicians in moments where nobody is watching them and they care deeply about how, you know, how they come across on camera, especially if it's a big event and stuff like that. I'm I'm sure he, you know, he would have given anything for it to not go down like that. My ultimate takeaway, though, is that I, I really don't think it'll matter. Do you remember that Hillary, her first campaign launch went so poorly, they did it again. Remember that? Where they did a second campaign launch and then they did the video and stuff and it was like a huge laughing stock and nobody remembers it now. And it certainly didn't play into whether or not she won the election or the primary or whatever. It didn't. I'm saying like, make fun of it. Sure. Like I made fun of it. I said, like, I I joked about Hyperloop. I said like Musk is Mm -hmm. very talented at pulling people into things that don't work. Just look at Hyperloop. Right. And people got so mad. I was like, I was fucking joking. I mean, I've always, I've always, where's where's the lie? Well, I've always needled him about Hyperloop, which I think was, is like an idea that sounds really good on like in 
the like sort of if you're a utopian thinker and like in science fiction a lot but like i there are several like uh engineering type debunks of why it's impractical just because maintaining a vacuum in such a big system never mind it doesn't really matter what matters is that it's like a really impractical concept that he kind of and that also he didn't invent that like the idea of vacuum trains has been around for like a hundred years and yet he still kind of licensed it out to people to then try to make it and fail because all these like virgin hyperloop this that hyperloop it's all like licensing but it's some other company spending 20 years whatever not succeeding in doing it and he gets some of that money right that's part of his talent is doing that don't don't mistake that for a second Right. And that's one of my biggest criticisms of last night's announcement is that, I mean, ultimately, the DeSantis camp is the one that's going to have to deal with the fallout from this, even though it is not their fault. Like Ron DeSantis's comms team does not program Twitter, although I, I will give them shit for pursuing this in the first place, because the whole Ron DeSantis broke Twitter spaces thing is cringe because if you know anything about Twitter spaces, you know it's rickety as hell and it crashes all the time. That's for, a good point. That's for, a good for, point. In situations that are much less high stakes and with much fewer people tuning in than this. So I don't know how this particular situation came to be, whether DeSantis's camp approached Twitter, Twitter approached DeSantis's camp with this idea that, oh, I'm going to announce on Twitter in Twitter spaces. But like somebody at some point should have been like, this is not really ready for prime time, which it's not. It's absolutely not. And that is the first problem with doing this in the first place. And I'm not, I mean, okay, I will give DeSantis credit for trying something new and different. Like, okay, cool. And he could have did that, I mean, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, whenever, any day, any day other than the day that you are making the biggest announcement of your political career because you cannot, cannot have shit go wrong on that day. And so now you get people making fun of you because of Twitter spaces crashing and all this stuff. And so, like, it's not his fault and it's not his comms team's fault, but, I mean, he's ultimately the one that has to deal with like the fallout from right. it. Like that I sucks. Said, right. Like I said, you know, and I'll tell, I'll tell a story vaguely about an event that I ran that had some major figures in it. And it was in a space that we didn't control. It was a space that my, the place I worked for had like leased out for the event. And right as the big thing was going to go down, the, the house lights went down and they could, they couldn't get them up and they couldn't get them up. And it's, there's fucking, 2000 people there mm -hmm. it's ridiculous and so they brought these like rolling klieg lights and they like shine them on the stage like two giant spotlights like in a fucking circus and everyone sat there in the dark and they did this thing in the dark because they couldn't stop it and the event coordinator for the place i worked with was i don't think i've ever seen someone that ang that justifiably angry in my mm -hmm. entire life because they were not giving her answers. And it was, I mean, just imagine one of these like big giant, anyway, like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and what is the organization going to say? Oh, it's not, we don't own the place. Go blame the hotel. Right. You know, like it reflects poorly on everybody. Right. Many of whom, many of whom's people it's has, have no fault in it. Right. Have done their job perfectly. Uh, and so, like you said, but so here's my question, because there's this weird 
superposition here where people are like, what you're announcing on Twitter? Nobody uses Twitter. Nobody cares about Twitter. That's way too online. But then thinking that the way in which it failed is the thing that's going to percolate outside of like extremely online circles. And that's where I think there's a, a clever, because I think that whole, we broke Twitter. That's like a boomer meme, not for Twitter people, because what percolates out to like the media that non-Twitter people consume is Ron DeSantis tried to announce it on Twitter and it, and it broke. Right. And so then the DeSantis campaign is like, haha, we broke Twitter. Let's go break Washington. Right. I'm saying like, those are like competing boomer narratives. Mm -hmm. Those aren't really aimed at, because like you said, oh, we all know Twitter spaces is very rickety. I'm like, we know that, but the, we, that everybody's talking about meaning like outside of Twitter, probably aren't aware that Twitter spaces is a very janky thing and they don't know about the history of clubhouse and they don't know about this thing where every social media platform tries to kind of snipe the features of other ones. Instagram is now doing a Twitter and Twitter is doing a WhatsApp and WhatsApp is doing a fucking FaceTime. Like everybody's doing the, th and right. I, whatever it's a competitive market and none of these people own You can't really, you know, trademark features as abstract as voice chat or every kind of emote reaction or all kinds of stuff like that. So they're all like, okay, we'll do that too. We'll try to break the market of this other company. Right. And part of, I mean, there's just, there's so much to criticize about this. Like I'm not even sure where to start, <laughs> but one of the things that I don't think enough people are pointing out is that, and this kind of goes to like your hyperloop point that you were making. I said, I don't know who approached who about this idea. All I know is that Elon Musk spent way too much time talking last night at Ron DeSantis' 2024 presidential announcement. And I'm like, why is this man speaking? Like, if I'm announcing my run for president, the only person speaking is me. That's it. Nobody else. You're, you're not talking. You're not talking. You're not talking. No. That was me, a, a I'm talking. That was a prediction I saw several people make. They said, like, that's it's not a good idea to do it with someone who always right. is the person in the room. And a lot of it was about, like, I... I Trump I, is I, like, I, I knew I would never do that. You need a loser next to you. You don't need someone with a need, big personality. You need somebody who's going to keep their mouth shut so that I can talk about your favorite presidential nominee, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, there are situations in life where you do like legitimately get to make it all about you. And when you're announcing your run for president, you get to make it all about you. But because we had this Twitter space thing and Elon was there and David Sachs was there and we had this whole like host of people who were obviously invited to be there and were obviously expected to say nice things, not just about Ron DeSantis, but also about Elon Musk. I'm like, I, I politely, I, I, I used my, my polite adult words on Twitter and said, I called it orally copulating each other. But basically this was just a giant dick sucking. Like, like, I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? Uh, what, what is going on here? Yeah. I mean, again, a lot of the criticisms where it's like, well, he surrounded himself by yes men to do this was like, well, I mean, Which, duh, like, duh, what, when you announce it, a rally, when people well, are, I mean, everybody yes. there already loves you. Like but it's sort of the same thing. But that's the thing. That's the difference between doing a rally and doing something like Twitter spaces. Because when that was announced, like, first off, it was announced, like, he's announcing on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, everybody announces on Twitter. I don't understand what that means. Like, oh, he's doing a Twitter space. I'm like, oh, so he's going to be taking like, 
comments from mm-hmm. the crowd. I say in air quotes, like the same way, like Donald Trump takes comments from the crowd at a CNN town. Yeah, hall. it's more right. I mean, it was more but, it was more accurate to say something like because, but that's not how spaces works. But like, like if he had said, "Oh, I'm doing a live stream. Come join in and chat in you know in the chat right. or whatever." Like you're not saying I'm going to answer all your questions, but you it feels more intimate in a way. You know, like streamer culture for like if the idea is to target also like people, young people, there is something that feels very sort of parasocial about the ability to put in a word and have it scroll by on the screen. Even if, cause you know, if you watch like critic, if you watch Charlie or if you watch Hassan Piker, you're one of like 200,000 people putting messages in chat. And right, the chances like, that they see it, if it's not a super chat or if you're not a or, yeah, you're, patron not or whatever is effectively zero. And yet, everybody's posting in chat for the entire stream, right? There is something you feel connected. And so that is the instinct I think they were trying to grab. I just don't think spaces is that. That's the problem is you should have done it fucking on Twitch, right? But that's owned by Jeff Bezos. And so you're not gonna do it on Rumble. And here's here, uh, and that again, that's another great idea. But I, in yeah, if you would have done it on like a Rumble, r- look, launching look. the Ron DeSantis Rumble channel with a, a, a like a special live stream announcement. Right. Ronnie, that, there Ronnie, you go, Ronnie D's yes. big 2024 summer kickoff slash presidential announcement. Yeah, get Tallahassee on the phone. I want, I want in on this. Uh, I want in on this on like, the ground level. I can, th- I'll help you out. Right. There were so many better ideas of what to do here, but. One of the problems I had with this is, again, thinking like, okay, like, not that I would expect that, like, Elon would invite Cat Turd on to, like, ask Ron DeSantis <laughs> a question. It's not going to be like, the, <laughs> it's not going to be like wide open, but it's the difference between vetting questioners and curating questioners. This was curated. These were people that were specifically chosen. Again, people who are very popular on Twitter. Like, I, I stopped listening after Thomas Massey came on. I was like, Oh, gee, Willikers, Elon, I really like you. And I, I hope to get to meet you someday. I'm like, all right, no, I'm done with this. this yeah. just, I'm just like, I thought this was a presidential announcement. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Hey, Elon, longtime listener, first time caller. I'll hang up and listen to my to your answer, Clegg. Right. Like, <laughs> I was just like, this is so bizarre. And again, like, if it wasn't him announcing his presidential run, like I said, like, if it was just an event cool fine do that that's that's great but the whole reason you're right he could have said like a a special post announcement or just twitter space or something like that even if he wanted to make this like a regular thing like a series whatever but fireside chats fireside spaces (laughs) with president desantis with ron desantis my fellow americans he's gonna switch into his cart again yeah (laughs) sit by the fire it's florida there's no fire the fireplace is out is off there's a little fan inside. <laughs> they installed a, 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 an AC unit He's inside. Sitting next of to the AC vents. <laughs> but, um, but but here's let me ask you this question though, because I a thing that I thought because you know people said oh, I was like a fan or whatever. Is doing stuff like this going to be the new? Because is this more or or less cringe than like going to the Iowa State Fair and flipping it's, a burger, you know, is more, this and that? I'll tell you why. Well, my question is, isn't, is this going to be 
the new thing that that you know the the equivalent of a politician like rolling up the sleeves of his shirt and doing a thing is it going to be one of those like i'm paying lip service to like the online people by doing an internet thing and looking dumb while i do it it feels like maybe we're entering into that age where like politicians feel like they gotta they gotta feel like they're hip in the same way that you got to feel like you're a rustic American. You know what I mean? And it's, it, and like I said, both are very, like, I'm not saying it's not cringe. I'm just saying like, is that the reality that this is going to usher forth? No, and, and no, <laughs> no, let me, no. Cause let me explain to you why. Jen is wanting, trying to manifest this by saying, no, definitively it's not gonna, no, <laughs> no, because here's the thing. People want to see political candidates in person. They don't want to hear you on Twitter spaces. They don't want to like see you on stream. They want to see you in person. That's the whole reason politicians go on the stump. And the reason why presidential announcements happened the way they have traditionally happened, where usually, you know, you plan like a big rally and you have the crowd there and everybody's waving the signs and like, yeah, we love you. Like Ron DeSantis could have done that anywhere in Florida. He could have like packed out some arena some some something some outdoor event he could have held it at the beach everybody been like the santa's 2024 signs like yay ron ron and then you give your speech because the whole point is that it's about you and it's about everybody seeing you and hearing you give your speech and then they're all like yay but that's like there's a purpose to that and there's a whole reason why you know you work the line you shake the hands you kiss the babies you go pretend like you flip hamburgers on a regular basis even though it's very clear you don't and like yes it's cringe and we all make fun of it but there's like there's a reason why you still do these in-person events and even like on television events like if Ron DeSantis had done like a traditional announcement rally this would have gotten wall-to-wall coverage on television everybody would have covered it live it would have gotten more traffic it would have gone off better and he could have stage managed it better and would have gotten a better result from it. So that's why I'm just like, I don't, I, again, I congrats on trying something new, <laughs> I guess. But I mean, this was really not the time when you want to be like experimenting, especially, especially when you know there's another man in Florida who's just sitting in his house. Yeah. Waiting to say something. And look, I get, I, I couldn't listen. Like I, stuff like that cringes me out. Like, and I couldn't, I literally go right. listen. I was like, but I'm he, done. But, and, but here's again, ultimately my, my question there's, here's a tweet from Nate Silver that I connected with a lot. He tweets, I think my biggest strength slash weakness as someone who analyzes politics is that I really don't give a fuck about the theatrics. I care about political outcomes. I'm interested in public opinion. I obviously think forecasting is interesting. I just aggressively dislike the soap opera, right? And we we touch on this when we say the internet, life doesn't move at the speed of the internet. What we're talking about is this. It's like Ultimately, I'm trying to think about will this make an impact beyond a cycle of memes and does it – so you're, you so you made a substantive point, which is it goes to the to, – to sort of the questioning of the of his campaign or whoever it is that came up with the idea and their, their good sense or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a valid question. The, 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 will this mean that his campaign will flame out or whatever, as a lot of people who just need to fill columns say? 
I just it because ultimately, like I said, I didn't watch it, but like twenty minutes in, I was I started seeing tweets from people like or were like, okay, now he's saying this, and the question comes from there, and it's this and that. So I was like, okay, so they just had a cringe start and, and whatever, and then they kind of got away with it, fine, whatever, and then went back to playing Zelda, <laughs> <laughs> which is literally what you did last night. Yeah, but again, one never knows in the moment what the thing is going to be that ruins a campaign like nobody knew when the dean scream happened that like that was going to be the thing that's like true. that's that like this is the lore this is the one thing that everybody remembers about our candidate that is true like you you can't really tell it in the moment and do i think like his campaign's going to flame out no do i think that ron DeSantis needs to stick the landing every time in order to have a chance Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. And you know what? <laughs> this actually will be a good test because now they have a, like a, you know, now they, 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 they had a stumble and you got to see if someone is able to then kind of course correct after that, or just keep running into the same obstacles that they ran in before. Uh, JVG, by the way, said as an example, as I was saying to pay lip service to like online people was AOC playing among us with like, Pokimane and Hassan and stuff. The only difference is that, unfortunately, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is pretty much the only person on the Hill who kind of is sort of authentically that kind of person. I'm not saying she plays among us, but she is sort of a, on Instagram and it, uh, uh, is a, like a social media user and is kind of young and isn't really phony when she does that. Her politics are super phony. Her desire to cook on Instagram reels is very authentic, which is also why she kind of connects with young people. And so I think she can kind of get away with doing that more than basically any. I can't think of anyone else who I would hear is playing Among Us and I would think like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Right. I mean, there's a few younger members of Congress that could probably get away with that, too. But I mean, that's also like, again, that's the difference between just like doing just a random thing like okay i'm gonna go play among us with some twitch streamers and doing your presidential announcement like <laughs> presidential announcement is a serious thing especially when your announcement is the most anticipated announcement of the 2024 campaign season you kind of gotta you, you, you can't just kind of whiff it on that <laughs> you can't just do like the normal twitter like yolo strat of just like oh fuck it we'll do it live like <laughs> It doesn't work that way. No. I'm going to be on Twitch collecting all of the Korok seeds. <laughs> I'm the best. Trump's going to start playing Tears of the Kingdom. I saw, I saw Korok one day. He tried. He wanted to get to his friend. I helped him immediately. He said <laughs> I was the best hero he's ever seen. The best hero of Hyrule. He gave me four Korok seeds. Four. <laughs> four. It was it was amazing. I didn't get it on stream. I didn't get it on stream, but Gan it happens. Ganondorf, wonderful man. We had an amazing phone call. <laughs> we smoothed everything over. Yes. Everything's fine in Hyrule now. Yes, yes. Z I, I promise Zelda is now his wife, technically. <laughs> but, but there's not going to be a war. <laughs> thanks to your favorite hero, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Donald Trump, um, him and his comms team were wilding last night. 
like there's one there's one well i can't call them tweets they're truths but i mean it, that sounds stupid no but i think the thing was but, that they posted on the instagram right well he also posted on on truth did you see this post it was it the one with like the George Soros and Satan? No, that was what he posted on Klaus Instagram. Schwab. Yeah, <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> what was the one on Truth? Okay, so he posted Rob, which I don't know who's Rob, but Rob DeSantis. That's what they call Rob, him, Rob DeSantis. Rob DeSantis. Rob, my red button, capital R, capital oh, yes. B. My red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth. Yours does not, per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. What? Like, what? <laughs> what? No. This man just made a dick joke. I can't. But also, like... Also and also, like, that, that Instagram video, if y'all have not seen it, it is wild. Like, he basically... They made, like, a mock-up of the Twitter space. It had Elon, Ron DeSantis... George Soros... Soros Klaus... Uh, uh, Dick Cheney, yeah. <laughs> Adolf Hitler, and the devil. Satan. Satan was there. <laughs> and guess everybody's favorite presidential candidate came in at the end. Special guest, Donald Trump. Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> but it was, I was it, it, it's, it's wild, y'all. I, it's the best comment I've seen about this from Swin. From Swin. He posted on Twitter, like, this is going to be the remake of Step Brothers, but with like, the budget of both avatars and i was like oh shit you're right this is gonna be like the, well, this, well so much money is gonna be spent on this yeah well dude. and like, so we'll see because 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 desantis thus far has has not has disappointed a lot of people both in the media and people on his side a little bit by not going in the gutter and not because 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 the 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 impression is and this is the impression that i have too is that the only way to get by trump is to say, here's why you shouldn't vote for this person, right? There is more to an, uh, a primary and any election than saying, vote for me. You got to explain to somebody why the alternative is not good, right? There, there, there has to be an element of that. And with Trump, and so today, I think he already did a thing where people are like, oh, oh, he's warming up, he's warming up. And I think he said something like, you know, he said something like Trump did well, and then he let Fauci ruin the country or whatever. <laughs> now, again, people, I, I, I understand if you write for the bulwark, that's not a convincing argument. But also keep in mind, you're not the person Ron DeSantis trying to win over right now. Right now, at this moment in time, the only people he's trying to win over are Republican primary voters. He, if especially if he's smart, because again, I have this theory that he will ultimately govern less uh, dr uh, online drama even he seems because he kind of also does that in Florida. He does a lot of like things that get a lot of like wide support that are just not on the sexy side. They're like on the policy side. Like he does a ton of Everglades conservationist policies. Like he's considered an extremely good environmental governor believe it or not. But why would you ever know that though, right? Right. And in his, his speech last night, he really, really tried to thread the needle and understand his audience because he, he's, he did the thing that you're, you should do and you're supposed to do, which is if you are a governor, a successful governor, you bring up your successes as a governor, mm -hmm. which he discussed that, but then also had to meet like, 
his quota of saying woke mind virus yes. X amount of times in a half an hour. Yes. And they're, I, look, they're definitely going to, th- that's definitely going to be a, an element of a campaign. The argument is always how relevant would it be? And, you know, on one side, people say, oh, only online people care about that stuff. But, but the counter example, which is from recently, is the Youngkin victory in the Virginia gubernatorial election, which revolved around what people just said, oh, is a dumb culture war. It's about the schools. And, you know, it was like, oh, only online people care about that. And it seemed that the election hinged on that. And the person who ran that campaign for him is now running running the DeSantis campaign, I guess. And so ultimately, the, the like we talked about Nate Silver, political outcomes, right? The only question is, and I guess we don't know yet because Trump is a weird example, is how how to how much that needs to be part of your messaging and how effective it is and how many people care or how many people are turned off like people who are like okay great policies or whatever but just can you shut up about the wokeness for five minutes i mean honestly i mean and and there are things that ron DeSantis can talk about from a policy perspective where he can point out that he has had successes as governor of florida but you especially when you're in a Twitter space, you have to pander to your audience who wants to mm-hmm. hear the greatest hits about the woke mind virus. And we're going to, we're going to stop the wokeness. And like, first of all, what the fuck does that even mean anymore? It, it's the equivalent of it's, falling into like a Southern accent when you're talking to like, a, a, I a, ain't a, no ways tolerating that, no woke mind virus. Like, oh, is this the internet? Uh, the wokeness must stop immediately. That's <laughs> it. He's, it says his internet accent. <laughs> 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 but, that, but it's funny that you bring that up because another reason why Ron DeSantis, I, I don't like the idea of him doing like these online events like this is that it's already becoming like this, whether you think it's fair or not, this sort of meme about Ron DeSantis, basically that he's kind of got like the Zuckerberg lizard person syndrome where like everyone's like, he doesn't really know what to do in person and doesn't know how to look like a normal person and act like a normal person, which doing stuff like this just exacerbates that whole thing of like, okay, do you not want to do public events? Like, cause you're not going to make it through without doing public events. Not to mention that again, if that's, if, cause you said it, this meme, right? Cause, cause there are, you know, so, a lot of people are like, oh, I've met him many times. He's fine. He's fine. I'm right? sure he's, I, I mean, I'm sure. And he's so, a normal guy. and so I'm saying if that is true, then what better way to mm-hmm. kneecap a meme like that then come out and do it, right? Because I think one of Biden's biggest uh, hurdles in this election is that, that he does very little to counter what are now memes that are prevalent even in like, you know, the New York Times and Washington Post about how he behaves, the, the, the tall tales, the lies that he tells, his infirmity and his inability and inaccessibility to the media. Like you'd think any sort of campaign that, thought that Biden could actually handle this stuff would say, well, they say he can't talk to the press. Let's send him out there to talk to all of the press. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that's not happening to the point that, again, mainstream press who are faced with the prospect of a President Trump or a President DeSantis are mad enough to speak about it openly and not get like trashed for it, right? About his lack of accessibility, his unwillingness to take questions or to have any kind of remotely... Uh, adversarial kind of media exchanges. And so, yeah, it would be incredibly smart of them to kind of get in front of that uh, meme 
Because, yeah, he's – and he is in a very interesting position. I don't think I've ever seen a primary opponent on one party who gets attacked in very similar terms mm-hmm. by both his, like, supposedly more roguish uh, uh, primary opponent and the complete opposite party. Right. It's so fucking weird. I mean, that might, again, he might get forged in fire or whatever, but that's not an easy position to be in, you know? I mean, I it's it's hard for me to not sympathize being someone who takes this much shit from both sides. <laughs> I gotta, maybe that's why I'm like, I, I, I kind of get it. I get, I get why it sucks to be there. <laughs> but see, this is why you can't put yourself in a position where people can possibly legitimately rag on you. That's why like mm-hmm. you have to stick the landing because there's people that are just waiting for you to fail so that they can run up and make their dunks and make fun of you. I mean, even Joe Biden got in on it. He posted last night from the official like Joe Biden account. He's like, here, this link works. And it's a link to like his fundraising site yeah. for 2024. Act blue. Yeah. Again, who is that aimed at though, right? That like who who is that can like who what swing voters like, oh, your donation link isn't broken. Let me go donate <laughs> to your I mean, it's just again, that that's all that's all playing to the crowd, right? Because right. they know, and in fairness, when people are like, because that's why I don't understand the comment that somebody does something that's too online, online. That's where you do the stuff that's too online. You go on NPR to do the stuff that's boomery, or you go on, I don't know what, meet the press, right? Which he, he isn't doing, but right. Um, we'll see how that works out for him. Again, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the because there is clearly some kind of strategy at play here. This isn't Trump that's just like fire hose pissing cuz you know they're like deploying a giant field of volunteers to like Iowa, New Hampshire, or whatever to do door like they're and they're encouraging stuff like early voting. Like they're more there's clearly like a plan in place there. It's just still a little murky. Because a lot of it is like what he isn't doing, right? It's still not a lot of affirmative strategy. It's more like we don't – like he isn't doing several things that you'd expect someone in his position to be doing. Like fiercely attacking the primary opponent that's fiercely attacking him. Right. Doing media blitzes, stuff like that. And it, there's, it's still just this reticence to attack Trump. And I just I, – I'm not saying that DeSantis needs to like – make veiled dick jokes but i mean at some point like you do have to address the fact that you have a primary opponent now you officially have a primary opponent now like because that was always kind of the dodge it's like okay well he's not officially in the race so he doesn't really have to acknowledge this stuff like well now he is so now when <laughs> when, when stuff like this comes up you have to have some kind of response to it and so i mean yeah it's just it's There's so many other ways this could have been done better that I'm just, I, I find it just very weird that it went in this direction and actual Twitter is not getting enough shit for this. I don't think in my opinion, like Elon's not getting enough shit for this because there has been this push obviously to bring big names onto Twitter yeah, Daily, Daily Wire is bringing all of their video podcasts which, to Twitter Which, I, I mean, I, if I were Shapiro and I saw that last night and I saw the technical difficulties, I'd think twice about that. Well, it's not Ben who calls but, those shots. That's it's probably Jeremy Boring. But, I mean, um, but look, clearly, like, if, if your site cannot handle server spikes, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop and question. It's different because they, because the, their video, their live video stuff, for example, that they did like during the Olympics and during the World Cup and stuff, that went fine. It's different. The spaces in particular is some other bit of code that's like just particularly crap. And uh, I mean, yeah, whatever. That's, I mean, this, yeah, this whole like pivot away from text, like I don't. Yeah, the thing like, I will, I, yeah, I will say this about, I, I will say this about Daily Wire. Again, you, you love them or hate them. Thus far, they're the sort of the business side of their operation has been wildly successful. Like the the business decisions that they made, the kind of moves that they made uh, in in terms of like the brands, you know, the whole thing about the razors and all that stuff. It gets made fun of online, but they've done they haven't really made a move that turned out to be like a gigantic financial failure, like a lot of other attempts in like the conservative space anyway i'm I'm just saying like but this would i'm also... more i'm yeah I'm, I'm sort of i'm more convinced that that side of it is probably working well if they're involved just i mean again i don't know what they're but i i just it's not because i don't know anything about the, the decision making process in either of these places i just you know, like I said, as a, like looking at their sort of business history and the growth of their company and stuff, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they're probably going into this with their eyes open. Um, and again, I don't know if there's any kind of business deal in place there to the point where they can't be like, well, this hasn't worked out. We're just going to move back to, I don't know, nowhere, YouTube or whatever. Right. And I, I, I don't know, like this, uh, I, no, <laughs> no, I, I would be thinking long and hard about that. I mean, maybe, and you, and who knows? I mean, it just happened. Maybe they are, maybe they think that this is a totally different thing. And maybe it is, uh, I, I ulti- like I said, ultimately, because it was like a, a thing that kind of had a rough, like, uh, launch and then just kind of went on. I was like, Oh, all right, whatever people, there'll be memes. I'm surprised that Trump, after all of these attacks on him, did not think of the nickname disaster. And it took yesterday for someone on Twitter to come up with that, and then the hashtag was trending. I was like, wow, there's been entire oppo teams working on this guy for fucking years, (laughs) and this is the first time I've seen this? No, we decided to go with the sanctimonious. It has lots of syllables. It sounds very smart. Yeah, and Rob, they call and Desanct and Desanctus, you know, with like C T U S. I don't even know. Is it supposed to be some kind of portmanteau of of sanctimonious? It's an abbreviation. It's an abbreviation. <laughs> in case you, in case the sanctimonious is too much. For it's you. a long acronym. Mm. <laughs> it's I'm not gonna even try. <laughs> is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Or was it just, or we were just going to talk about that? I don't know. I mean, we can talk about other stuff. I was just, it, it was just a really weird kind of like not great launch to a presidential campaign. Yeah. It went, how about this? It didn't, it like, it, it didn't go um, like, um, it wasn't amazing, but also I thought like it, like it wasn't a big enough of a disaster to be like, holy shit. It was like, again, I'll bring up, this is a really weird comparison, but the stupid Love is Blind live reunion on Netflix that Jen and I were going to watch and was just a total shit show that Netflix could not get. Jen has a whole conspiracy theory, but I I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's wrong just because of the L, the financial L that Netflix had to take for this 
that they could have kind of skirted if they had said that it was a production problem, like, oh, the cast member did this right before the before before we went live. But yeah, it was supposed to be this live stream and then people couldn't get in and then they couldn't start recording and they were like on social media being like, everybody just hang was, on. And it, it was, started it was like much, much like last night. <laughs> it started like 90 minutes late and it wasn't even live. They had like started recording it and then pre-played. But, and, be, and, mm-hmm. and Jen and I were only able to watch it because I had the stream open the whole time. People who tried to then log in were like kicked out and had to come back the next day. It was a nightmare. And it was like all over Twitter the next day mm-hmm. and fucking nobody else about it now. Netflix didn't do anything. I don't, I didn't hear that anybody got fired. It's just like, it, that's the thing about twi- Twitter specifically makes things feel like it's the biggest story ever when it's happening, almost no matter what it is, right? Because everybody's talking about it. It's this big, exciting well, thing. The thing that DeSantis is going to have to do to make everybody forget about this is have a successful event. Yeah, which I don't know what his I, yeah I don't I have no schedule idea what, is right, which is odd because again, normally after you announce your presidential bid, you have a slate of campaigning to go do. Yeah, which I, <laughs> I mean I don't know I mean, they might just, they might I like we'll we'll see they might announce well, within the next few days what they're gonna do and not. Well, I mean that's also gonna be the next problem is that he is still the governor of Florida. And I'm surprised I haven't seen this attack yet. I'm sure I will in the next couple of days. But now that he's actually officially announced, people are pointing out that, I mean, it the charitable way to say this might be that he was not completely honest with Florida voters when he ran for a second term. If you want to be uncharitable, you could say he lied. <laughs> when he basically, I, I have to go back through the annals to see. I'm pretty sure he actually did say that he would serve out the entirety of his second term if he was elected governor because clearly even when he was running for his second term the question of are you going to run for president was there right and which by the way is a problem with everyone it's it's one of those things that like what are you going to do right it's 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 a problem that i again i i if i would like i would never like if i were a florida voter voting for DeSantis in 2020, I would do so with the full knowledge that there was a really good chance that he would also then go run for president, even if he said no, which is like very common for people to do that. And, and uh, converse. Right. And yeah. Con- but and he will. And, and also the, the alternative, because the, the alternative is to like, leave Florida ungoverned as he runs for president instead of at some point, like, you know, like stepping down to, which again, he hasn't announced yet. I don't know how that works. Which I mean, I guess, does he, does he, is it up to the, like, is it the idea is if he becomes the nominee, then he. Right. See, uh, JD here posted an article, DeSantis refuses to commit to serving full term from October 25th to 2022. But the question is, did he say this back during the 2020 campaign for governor when he was against uh, Gillum, Andrew Gillum? Right. And, And always the backstop was that there was a law in place that would prevent him from running, which... He then had the, you know, Florida State Legislature change, and then he signed it into law. For those of you who remember, back at the beginning of this month, mm-hmm. he signed a law saying, like, 
basically modifying that law to say, oh, okay, you can't run for office unless you're running for president or vice president, which, by the way, way to keep your options open there, dude. I see what you did there. <laughs> but, yeah, so basically you changed the law in order to go run for president. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and you know Trump is going to make a big buy that, too. It's like, you know. He betrayed the voters of Florida. Ron, Ron DeSantis, he, he was – he was not truthful with the voters of Florida. Yeah, and, not, I mean, like, and again, it's a it's a it's a fair attack. I'm is. sure what he'll do to respond is to say, uh, is to like just lay out all of the legislation that he did, including it's in his second term. But like you said, that is a that it's, it's fully valid to be like this. And, this is not this is not the this is not the up and up way to do it. And he could have gotten ahead of that if he had done a traditional campaign announcement. By basically framing himself as like a martyr for the country. Like, you know, I, I know I said I was going to serve my two terms, mm. but but our country needs me. So as much as I hate to leave you, my my beloved, I'm my beloved Florida I'm, call, I'm called I, to serve. Yes, I, there, I have to go. I'm sorry. Yes. It's like, who said, JD will know this. I can't remember. Who said I, I, I will not seek nor shall I request the nomination for president. Who, who said that? What, what quote am I butchering here? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it was some famous, was it Roosevelt? Thank you, uh, JD. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I shall not seek nor shall I accept your nomination for whatever, when people wanted him to run again or uh, whatever. Yeah. But like, but but he could play like the reverse to be like I did I did not seek it yet I was called yes. to the there was the moment calls for me yeah you're right that's actually that would have been a pretty yeah. good a pretty good uh, a pretty good message like I you know I I look I, like I feel like I'm I, what I've been doing in Florida is something I can export to the you know that was the cringe thing which was not official merch make America Florida that thing where some kind of Oh, so it was LBJ. Sorry, not Roosevelt. Okay, thank you. He checked it. He he looked it up. I remembered the quote. I just didn't remember the context. The context in which it was delivered. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Oh, Lyndon Bates. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now, oh, did, yeah. Now, now most famous for his call with Hager pants. <laughs> 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 Speaking of because uh, cause, and, and his exploits with no. not being able to literally not keeping his dick in his pants, <laughs> like quite literally. That presidential historian, Jen Monroe, presidential <laughs> dick, his penis historian. <laughs> Listen, when there's enough stories about a president just pulling his dick out to show it to people. How, like, many, yeah, how many U.S. presidents were circumcised? Go. I have. I, I would assume. I mean, well, I would. I've said I would assume all of them. But then, if you're going like all the way back to like the beginning, like I don't know, like I I don't know when circumcision became like kind of the norm yeah. here in the U.S. Well, no, especially especially like among like Christians, right? But, like um, yeah, like non the, amongst the Gentiles. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do we really want to go down this road? Because I don't know cultures and stuff. I don't know if Obama is circumcised or not. And I, I mean, nor does it matter? I'm just, I was just saying, I was just making an extended joke about well, I would, you being a presidential penis historian. Well, I mean, I would imagine because his, I mean, his dad was Muslim, so. 
<laughs> so I would imagine. Now, J- JPMCG alone, right? I think I came in that right time. <laughs> Don't make me make a came in joke. Let me, well, let me listen to Colin. What's up now? Oh, a discussion of presidential circumcisions. <laughs> But yes, my educated guess would be that Barack Hussein Obama, having a Muslim father, was probably circumcised. All right. All right. Oh, well, look, see, ah, interesting. <laughs> Thank you, JD, show <laughs> researcher JD. Most presidents were circumcised. The first uncircumcised president was Martin Van Buren. Oh. How do we know this? How uh, do maybe we... maybe he kept pulling his dick out too. Is it in their like presidential physical? <laughs> maybe he showed everybody his uncircumcised. There's penis. a little check box that says foreskin, and you're the <laughs> give yep. it a little check or not. Yep. <laughs> leave it still, un- leave still, the box unchecked. Still got my scarf. <laughs> so. I am intact. What's good? Speaking of uh, penises, <laughs> have you seen the Barbie trailer? <laughs> It's funny because Ken doesn't have a penis. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and they will they will guarantee there's, have there's, some joke right. about it. I'm I you know I was not on board with this movie when I first heard about it, but now I'm strangely on board just because it looks like it's gonna be just like really fucked up. Oh, Bill Clinton was uncircumcised. Is uncircumcised? Interesting. Oh. Clinton is the most recent uncircumcised president. That doesn't surprise me. That's actually not like in the South. That's actually like a thing. Sure. Hmm. Uh, okay, Barbie trailer. Uh, <laughs> is Ken circumcised? N- yes and no. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's a NA. Yeah. Not available. Um, I, if this was not, here's my take because I, I, I don't like the trailer, but I do think I'm going to like the movie. I feel like it's gonna have the kind of sense of humor that's hard to put in a in a kind of upbeat. Come watch our movie because it's made by Greta Gerwig, and I do think that uh, that name attached to it is the thing that keeps me like hopeful. I guess. I mean, also it has good like again Margot Robbie and Ryan. I love both of those actors a lot. Although it, Ryan Gosling looks so weird with his hair. Like, I can't. And I, lo- I, I mean, I kind of love that. I love how, like, and he's also, like, he's the, the stoic guy. He's the Blade Runner 2049, the, the, the drive guy. Right? He's very good at giving subtle performances, uh, except in that movie, the, the Wise Guys, where he's really fucking funny. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, exactly, JD. I think it's going to be, so there's two movies that I, that, I'm that I, that I think of. I think we've mentioned this when the first trailer came out or whatever. One is Pleasantville, and the other is the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, and Pleasantville is a uh, the Nice Guys. Thank you, JVG. Really, it's actually a really great movie. Um, uh, Pleasantville is a really good movie about uh, uh, two kids who get sucked into like a '50s TV show, like a Leave It to Beaver style TV show. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon and uh, Tobey Maguire. Uh, and they kind of like break that reality by being like t- healthy, uh, real world teenagers who have nineties sex drives when it's like a fifties show or whatever. And they kind of break that universe. And the Brady Bunch movie is a Brady Bunch movie, but instead of just making it straight Brady Bunch movie, they made it about the Brady Bunch, but they're living like in the present, but they are the only ones who are like sitcom Brady Bunch people. 
and it's really fucking weird and funny and a great idea. Instead of just making a Brady Bunch movie, it's more like a parody of the Brady Bunch, but it is a Brady Bunch movie. You know what I mean? It's not like a it's not like a scary movie. It is literally the Brady Bunch movie. Right. And there's a part of this latest trailer that makes me kind of have hope for what the humor in this movie is going to be. Because they show Barbie in her Barbie land, living her Barbie life. And there's one scene where, like, Barbie takes off her heels and her feet still stay in that position. Like, every girl who's ever had a Barbie, you know, your Barbie's feet. Like, they don't ever sit flat on the ground. They're always in the high heel position. And so that's, like, the visual gag here is, like, when Barbie's in Barbie land, like, she takes off her heels and her feet are still in that position. And then one of the things that, like, goes wrong for barbie in barbie land where it's kind of like maybe worlds are colliding her feet all of a sudden like go flat on the ground like normal people feet and it's it's funny when you like played with barbies as a kid and you like you you understand like the visual reference of like the foot position mm-hmm. and so like her feet going from being like in that normal barbie position all the time to all of a sudden being like normal people feet and it's it's a funny thing. Like she pointed out, like all these crazy things are happening to me. Like I'm not floating down from my house like I used to, and all these things are happening. And my feet are flat, <laughs> and everybody freaks out. Coming soon to ambitious crossover attempt YouTube channel. Ten Easter eggs you missed in the Barbie trailer, hosted by Jen Monroe. <laughs> but it was for just... you Barbie fans, her feet. If you were for those who know this, but it was just it, it was it, it was it's a funny gag that like you wouldn't get unless you actually played with barbie dolls because that otherwise that visual reference wouldn't mean anything to you and they did the thing they're doing a cover of barbie girl which initially they said they weren't gonna do but instead of following my genius idea of getting bts to do it they got Nicki minaj ice spice i don't know who ice spice is oh lord and uh, well aqua obviously aqua Mm -hmm. To do like a Greta, to do like the 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 Barbie Girl song, which like everybody was like, duh, Barbie Girl. But I believe initially they they, they said no, they said there wasn't going to be one. Yeah, a K-pop version would have been way better. Yeah, and even get gonna, like Blackpink to do it, and they're going to like play it over the end credits or something like that. I doubt it's. I I somehow doubt it's going to be like in the. It's going to be oh, they're going to submit it for Oscar approval. <laughs> the Oscar and goes to Barbie, Barbie Girl. Girl. Oh no, I don't think you can give an Oscar for a cover version. I don't know. I've never investigated the rules on that, but it yeah, it would be, just... be no. It's best original song. It has to be written specifically for the movie, I believe. Oh yeah. So, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of like visual gags along those lines. And so like the, the latest trailer pretty much gives you the plot of the movie, which is that Barbie goes to the real world and Ken goes with her and then hijinks ensue because Barbie and Ken are still Barbie and Ken, but then they're in the real world. And yeah. And all of a sudden it's, it's like, oh, we got to like something apparently has gone catastrophically wrong that Barbie is able to get to the real world. And so she must be captured and all this good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Kit J 1989, best original song. That's why so many musicals add in a whole new song. That is very true. Like if you're Les Miserables, Miserables, or if you're, or, you know, like the little mermaid, all of these things, they got to get a new song in there. Otherwise they can't be nominated for best original song. And if you're a musical, like that's, 
that's your gimme Oscar in theory, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it's just going to go to some random song that's in a movie. I mean, unless there's like some other song that's just like a total blockbuster, like. Yeah, it's all. So, oh, so Kit, I think Kit, are you, uh, are you, are you excited about the Little Mermaid (laughs) being that your, your, your posts uh, mark you as someone who knows the devalue in all of these live action uh, remakes? See, yeah, Ken doesn't have a dick in the, I guess, is this a, oh, oh, I'm sorry. He does not. It's a Jezebel I, article literally yeah. about the, the Ken doll. I mean, I, well, I mean, I could, I mean, again, like, I, I could have told you that. None like, of the action figures had a dick. Well, G.I. Joe's didn't have a dick either. <laughs> they had little plastic bulges, I guess. Trust me, every, like, heterosexual girl who had Barbie dolls can tell you that Ken didn't have a dick because we all looked at some point. Like, <laughs> at some point, you get the, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Yeah. Well, then again, also, I mean, Barbie didn't have representative genitalia either, so right. there's that. She just had, like, big, fake plastic titties, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was just smooth and hairless, yeah. and... Yep. Unf- unfortunately for Greta Gerwig, the opening night for Barbie, I'm going to be watching things, giant things explode. I'm gonna, We're going to be watching Oppenheimer. Oh, because they open on the same day. Oh, is that so? Okay. Yes. yes. A friend of mine was like, so do you want to do the double feature of watching them <laughs> both on the same day? That would be amazing. Which it, one would you watch first? Oh, wow. That's a good, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I might want to watch Oppenheimer first so I can like then end on the more upbeat note. Yeah, because I mean, clearly we know how Oppenheimer ends. I... <laughs> it's, it's not a, it's not going to be a feel good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I the the thing I'm still curious about because Christopher Nolan, aside for Insomnia, which is a, a movie that he made, that's a remake of a Scandinavian movie. Mm-hmm. All of his movies have some kind of narrative twist to them. Uh, the least. You know, like the least special of those, quote unquote, is Dunkirk, which has a plays on time. It has three different storylines in it. One of them taking place, uh, you know, days before the battle, one taking place hours before the battle and one taking place minutes before the battle. And all three of them converge in a certain point. Right. Um, I don't know what the hook's going to be here. I don't think it's just going to be a straight, regular plays from beginning to end it looks like some parts of it are in black and white and some are in color throwback to his amazing movie memento which has scenes that go in reverse order in color and then scenes that go in chronological order in black and white that are interspersed with each other it's a fucking mind fuck which, so yeah go ahead. which i mean this is definitely the kind of movie where you could pick it up and have different timelines going on because obviously with the Manhattan Project and everything, I mean, you could definitely tell things from like different perspectives and pick them up in different timelines. Here's my theory. My theory is that all of the scenes that happen before the bomb goes off will be in color. And after the bomb goes off are all in black and white. So it probably mm. flashes back and forth. So like the opposite to like, of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, because the, because oh, it, that's almost like the moment that the world we're, was drained of color. We're not in Kansas anymore. And something tells me that the scene of the explosion will somehow involve like it desaturating the frame. Like the explosion will bring with it like black and white. And then all of the stuff that happens after the explosion will be the interviews, the press about him, all his old dilemma. You know, the whole 
I now I am become death, death. the destroyer of yeah. worlds. That'll probably be like a big black scene that's in oh, black see, and white. I, see, oh, I like this idea. It's kind of like it would be kind of like the inversion of the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. We're not in Kansas anymore moment where you go from being obviously black and white to being in color when you're in Oz. Mm -hmm. After the atomic bomb, you're no longer in Kansas anymore, but in a very much darker yeah. way. Oh, wait. There's actually a theory about this? I like this. this idea. Why Oppenheimer shifts between black and white and color explained by Nolan. Oh, wait. He explained why he did this? Let's see. I wrote the script in the first person, which I never done before, blah, blah, blah. Here. Uh, the scenes are subjective. The black and white scenes are objective. The color scenes are subjective. The black and white scenes are objective. I wrote the color scenes from the first person. Okay, so it's probably okay. So probably a lot of the black and white. But, so I was wrong. It's it's less film school than yeah, <laughs> what I was thinking. It's, but you could actually have the explosion scenes be either way. Yeah, sure. You could be viewing that either subjectively or objectively. That's very true. Uh, uh, what I the reason I came up with the theory is because a lot of the scenes that are in black and white there seem to be scenes of like. Uh, congressional hearings, press conferences, stuff like that. But that's also that works here because those are all objective. The media was there. There were witnesses right. there. There, they he we might, know what yeah, happened. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he really recreated very meticulously, like real press conferences, real footage. There's a really cool Brazilian movie from 2003 called City of God. It's one of the greatest movies made in the 21st century. Still, 20 years later, I still think that. And it's based on real uh, events. And as the credits roll, a few of the scenes of the movie, they play the real news footage that the movie recreated. And you're like, holy shit, that whole scene was like a real press conference. Right. And they took the dialogue for it verbatim yep. and just had an actor deliver it. And it's a great dramatic scene. It's very cool to watch. Nice. Uh, 2002, not 2003. Sorry. I think the West, the release in the West was 2003. This was in my formative years of going to the indie video store. And browsing the aisles and the employee Fine. recommendation shelves for like weird things. That's how I got into that's how I got into Christopher Nolan. That's how I found this movie. That's a that's kind of a lost. Yeah, but that's I was kind of about to say that's that, yeah, that is kind of a lost experience. Yeah. People have other ways. I think there's there is it's it, in a way it's easier to to get into movies like that. I, I had to sift through a lot of garbage. I had to make a lot of shots in the dark and just gamble on a a cover that looked cool mm -hmm. um but yeah i do kind of miss the that vibe that used to exist yeah that used to be fun like the whole idea of going to the video store and just kind of browsing the shelves and seeing like just random stuff and like running across things that you may not have even known existed and you're like oh hey this looks cool and i mean technically yes you can do that to a certain extent with like netflix and stuff like that like you can just kind of go spelunking oh, I and was run thinking, across things. Or I, was thinking more, I was thinking more like going on YouTube and looking well, for like 10 psychological yeah, thriller movies like or, yeah, or even to the extent of like being like 10 movies for people who liked this one movie. You know, because like when somebody says to me, hey, recommend me some anime, which is like the broadest fucking question <laughs> ever. I just say, okay, name me the last show you watched that you love or something like that and then i and then i'll i can that from that i can work right i need some kind of hook either that or he just like airdrops you into madoka and just ignores your texts when you're watching it and... <laughs> just watch three episodes get back to me later <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, i think on that note we're uh we're right about done for this uh week uh and we will uh we'll see you again on sunday uh or for you it's monday right right 
Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I uh, no, we'll be doing more streaming. Or I, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. Stay, actually, yeah, stay tuned I, I for, take, for. I was say, I take that back. I forget you've got things and stuff. I've got things and stuff exactly. So uh, stay tuned for announcements on when I'll be doing things. And in the meantime, we can get to the plugs. Yes, and let people go on their merry ways. All right. So our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, that does drop on Mondays. And you can find it on all your podcast catchers. Obviously, you know where to find us here on Colin. All crossed out. We are live on Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, catch us live or you can catch us afterwards on all your podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at JenMonroe.Substack.com. Nice. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter. <clears throat> and also youtube.com slash neontaster and twitch.tv slash neontaster. The latter is where I've been streaming Tears of the Kingdom. The former is where I've been posting those streams, many of them featuring the lovely Jen Monroe. Yes, I come and go, you know. Uh, also check out Ambitious Crossover Attempt on YouTube. There's just one or there's two, two videos there, I think. Yeah, we, 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 we occasionally do an Ambitious Crossover stream and post, post those there. Uh, and uh, that's about it. I say maybe we'll do more of those once Noam's done playing Tears of the Kingdom, but you know how that goes. It's... Yeah. So uh, we'll see you Monday or maybe Tuesday. You know, it is uh, it is uh, Memorial Day. It's, it's it's always up in the air. Yeah. We'll see what we do. Hey, Yellow Strat, like Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good evening, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Noam. Bye, everybody. Bye.